Welcome to another edition of the Philadelphia Millennial Podcast. So I haven't talked to y'all in a while. And the last episodes I dropped were me just repurposing some written content of mine. And now since I'm kind of camping out on the campus of Temple University for the summer, using all of their resources that they have for their wonderful students, I've been actually recording in a pretty decent sound booth. So as I was sitting here finishing up a project that you all will soon find out about in a couple of weeks, I was like, dang, I feel like talking. <laughs> and I know y'all going to listen, hence Imani Inspires. So um, usually not even usually, all of the time, I write out my episodes beforehand, kind of meditate and pray over them, or it'll be an episode that I was inspired to do by someone or something. But I was literally just sitting here and it was just like, "Mm, I don't feel like going to go do my other work. I guess you can call this a form of procrastination, but I don't feel as bad about it because I'm actually being productive and staying consistent. So about six weeks ago, I had a jolt, I guess you could say. Um, Not a jolt, a growth spurt. Um, The thing about me is that I can usually tell when I'm about to go into a growth spurt. And I just have the feeling and then boom, the situation comes and I'm growing. Not physically because I'm already six foot about... 5'11". Yes, I'm holding on to that. But just growing spiritually, mentally, and emotionally. So I compiled real quick eight ways that millennials can keep their sanity. And I stretched it out to ways, (laughs) eight ways, I'm sorry, because of um, the biblical meaning of the number eight. The number eight solidifies new beginnings, right? So also, I want to let y'all know, I'm not editing this. Y'all going to get this real deal. So y'all going to get all my stutters, slurs, random thoughts, whatever. And I literally just came up with this outline five minutes ago. But anyway, so how millennials can keep their sanity in eight ways. So the first thing, y'all, stop doing the same damn thing and expecting different results because that, in fact, is called insanity, you know, and building habits and stopping old habits is really easier said than done. However, two books I have recently read have changed my perspective um, or have helped me to change some habits in my life and to think more closely about my habits. So the first one um, is the book called Outwitting the Devil by Napoleon Hill. Napoleon Hill is the author of Think and Grow Rich, which is a classic. Um, Yeah, and it's really Napoleon Hill has this interview with the devil and it's actually mind blowing. And it's not a religious book, so you don't have to be Christian You can be atheist, you can be agnostic, you can be Muslim, um, Buddhist, whatever, and really pull some stuff from it. But I will say that those that um, participate in a organized religion, you will really see it. 
like some mind blowing things in yourself, just about drifting, um, how to really use adversity to prosper. It's a good book. It's a hard book to get through. Not hard that it's a hard read because it's um, written in a conversation style, but it makes you want to throw the book. It really made me have to stop a couple of times and really examine and think about some stuff. Um, And Napoleon Hill says that in the book, part of the devil's plan is to not have you finish it. And the first time I attempted to read it about five years ago, I didn't finish. It got too much. And then when I went back to read it a second time, I'm like, wow, I really see why I stopped the first time because I was not mature and just not in the right headspace to receive some of the things and to self-assess. So yeah, Outwitting the Devil. And the second book is called Atomic Habit. And I've been listening to that on Audible and I have about an hour and 30 minutes left out of six hours. So I'm pretty much through it. But it really just talks about how your body really gets in habit and how All habits are ingrained in us and that some of the habits that we have culturally as people, not just African-Americans, but just as the human race in this millennium have started from generations before us. So that's how embedded some habits are in our DNA. It's just a really mind blowing book. Um, It goes through how to break down your habits and then build new ones around new habits, how to change the different triggers you have. It's really an awesome, awesome, awesome book. And the reason why I recommended those two books together is because the main uh, concept in Outwitting the Devil was the concept of drifting. And drifting is basically it's a bad it's a bad habit. I feel like I'm talking in circles for a second. But drifting is just how you get away from the things that you were put here to do and all the distractions that you have and how the law of hypnotic rhythm, just how, you know, we all get set into our daily, monthly, weekly, yearly routines can either be used against us or for us. So if you get into the law of hypnotic rhythm and you have positive habits, then being in a rhythm and a system is going to benefit you. However, if you had bad habits and negative habits, then the law of hypnotic rhythm will not um, be beneficial to you. So those two books, and I didn't even expect to give y'all a book recommendation, but that's what kind of really jump-started, I guess you could say me making sure the second half of the year was all that. So the first step, to keeping y'all sanity as millennials. Stop doing the same thing and expecting different results. Step two, don't take everything baby boomers and some of, and even some of those Gen Xers say to heart. Baby boomers, though most of the time they mean well, they are giving us game for a world that no longer exists. And hell, some of them are even trying to use that same game in this 2019 world and it doesn't fit. Um, I'm a part of a lot of organizations where I am the younger, the youngest or part of the younger crew. And I always find myself bridging the gap 
or just trying to decode what millennials meant, why we do the things we do. And even sometimes talking to millennials and having them understand where baby boomers are coming from. So with that being said, baby boomers have always said off the cuff stuff to me. Um, especially in leadership positions. Sometimes they try to make you feel like just because you're young, you don't know what you're talking about. And though I don't have the wisdom of a 50-year-old, I do have the wisdom of an almost 30-year-old. So you're going to have to put some respect on my name and more importantly, put some respect on my college degrees and not even my college degrees, my experience and understanding that I am a working adult just like you. Um, I had someone say to me in an organization that I'm a part of, um, why don't millennials come out? And I'm like, well, maybe because some of the program isn't geared towards millennials or for millennials. And they're like, oh, well, X, Y, they don't come to X, Y, and Z. And I'm not going to say what it was because that will just (laughs) give up. But if you know me, you can read in between the lines and figure (laughs) out what I'm talking about. But she said, well, why don't y'all come? Um, to this event that we have, it's open to all ages. And I'm like, yeah, but the event is Monday through Wednesday from 8.30 to 12.30 p.m. 8.30 in the morning to 12.30 p.m. Like, um, excuse me, all the millennials I know work. And she said, no, y'all make y'all's own schedule. Now, uh, out of my closest friends, the next circle of friends and associates, people that I, I check in with on a monthly basis, so to speak, have interactions with, with them. Only about two of them are entrepreneurs and have the, the flexibility to make their own schedule. So this person responds to me and says, as many of y'all as I see out doing Grubhub and Uber Eats, Ma'am, um, people that go to college and have degrees that I know drive Uber, that I know do Uber Eats, that I know do Instacart, and all these other things to make ends meet, do you think that they want to do that? Like, huh? So I say that to say, and I'm reiterating it to myself, understand y'all, when I make these episodes, sometimes they are for my own benefit to go back and listen to and talk to myself and get myself through some things. So Imani and millennials, sometimes you have to let baby boomers and our older um, siblings, cousins, aunts, whatever. Some of y'all might have parents that are Gen Xers as well. Just roll off. Like y'all going to need me to fix something on your phone ridiculous or, of course, convert that PDF document into a Word document. But that's neither here nor there. I'm going to let them be great. The third thing that millennials need to do to keep their sanity is don't feel bad about being distant from toxic people, including family and lifelong friends. Um, just because we blood don't mean we family. And just because we grew up on a block together don't mean that you are invited to my house as an adult. Um, you have to protect your energy and your space. And sometimes people make you feel bad for not dealing with certain people. Like sometimes I have a family member who says, oh, why don't you come to such and such? Or why don't you stop by? Because my energy was on the beam right now. And not saying that, my 
um, things don't happen. But if you already know stuff is not going well in your life or something is bothering you or your energy is jacked up, why are you going to go around somebody whose energy is twice as jacked up as yours? And furthermore, they don't even know how to shift their energy. So don't don't feel bad, especially do not feel bad about friends. I know sometimes it's easier not to deal with family, but friends you kind of choose. Like family, you just woke up one day and it's just like, so <laughs> this is who I'm stuck with. But friends, you usually pick your friends. So sometimes you're like, dang, I got to let go of certain friends. But one, understand that friends have a season, a reason, or a lifetime and that you pick certain friends based off of certain places that you were and are in your life and give you your props sometimes and that you're not there anymore. And you don't have to feel obligated to be around people that are going to take you take you to your past because you don't live there no more. Like, So don't feel obligated that to stick around people that haven't always grown at the same rate as you because everybody grows at different rates, but sometimes you outgrow people and some people literally will verbalize that they don't want to grow and that they have no interest in getting to know the new you that you've grown into, the positive you. So um, chuck the deuces and keep it rolling. Number four, eat some damn vegetables, walk and drink water and do some meditation, y'all. I've been juicing for like two weeks now, so I think I'm all that. But no, I have really been able to tell the difference um, just in my energy levels um, from juicing. Um, walking helps with your mental health and getting back in the groove of work and getting some oxygen um to your lungs like granted this recording booth is all that but it's stuffy in here like ugh um drink water men and women keep your pH levels balanced I don't know why men think that they don't have pH like anybody can have a pH uh off um <laughs> y'all know what I'm trying to say their pH balance be jacked up and men please don't think that if you encounter a woman with an off pH that you ain't the problem because I'm gonna just let y'all be great I ain't even getting into that so just eat some vegetables walk and drink water and meditate I always um promote Sheila Marie on all platforms she is an African-American woman she's actually now engaged to Ace Hood and she put out a meditation mixtape to years ago and I think it is a very good point for people to start to learn how to meditate um, even if it's just for a little bit and meditation isn't necessarily stopping your thoughts but is literally thinking about what you are thinking about to the point that you can then calm your thoughts down and concentrate on your breathing and just centering yourself it really 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 works um, I have anxiety and if you live in Philadelphia unfortunately first of all if you black you have post-traumatic slave syndrome look it up and then if you live in Philadelphia you probably have and I don't want to project this on anybody or have any of us claiming these things but you probably have some sort of PTSD uh 
Point blank, period. Point blank, period. If you are desensitized to gun violence, you have some sort of PTSD, just to name something. But if you want more about meditation and anxiety, I talk about it on my December 5th, 2008 episode, I believe. The one that is uh, dedicated to my slain love, teenage love, Terrell Holcomb. May he always, always rest in peace um, eternally. But yeah, so if you want more about that, you can go check out that episode, um, which leads me into my next point. Number five, go to therapy. Find you a therapist that looks like you. If you a white man listening to this, you should probably, you should honestly probably go to a black man. Um, <laughs> but anyway, go to a therapist that looks like you. Um it's really important for cultural competencies and being able to understand you and really meet you where you are at. Same thing with when I was doing financial coaching. I saw some great success because people trusted me because I looked like them. I understood what buying $200 hair was. I understood what giving your, your mom or your aunt or your grandmom some of your last to help her pay a bill. Like I, I understand these things. So that's why it's important to go to a therapist that looks like you. Also, if you find a therapist and it's not a good fit, that does not mean that you cancel out therapy altogether. Find a different therapist. There are a lot of therapists. Find a, a different form of therapy that may work for you. Um, I actually have another episode where I talk about um, black people going to therapy with my good friend Michelle Williams, who is a licensed therapist. Uh, T in therapy is her Instagram handle, I believe. Um, so my biggest reasons for going to therapy is one because I had grief. Two, I needed an unbiased opinion, and three, though my mom was a social worker and a damn good one, um, I needed someone else to teach me some coping skills and processing skills of just how to process some of the things that had happened to me and how it then affected my life. So really, I urge black people to go because you need an unbiased opinion. What you don't realize is that you go to this person and that person for advice and not saying that they don't give you solid advice and they aren't your confidant and that just because you go to therapy, you don't have confidants. However, people give advice based off of their perspective and experiences, which is a bias. So you need an unbiased opinion and you need tools because none of us were giving the tools to cope with things, to cope with absent parents, to cope with grandparents dying of cancer, to to cope with friends dying from gun violence, to cope and deal with poverty, inequality. Like we weren't given these skills. Black people are really good at putting on a face and making it do what it do. But if us millennials are going to break generational curses, then we need to get to it and go to therapy. Ding, 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 ding. Especially if you got a nine to five and you pay for health insurance, go. Anyway, number six, forgive, which therapy will help you f do. Um, but I actually think this recent new moon or something they was talking about in Sagittarius on, on Saturday or Sunday. I really think that helped me because 
I text my actual biological father for Father's Day, y'all. And I don't remember the last time I acknowledged that man on Father's Day. Like, <laughs> I didn't. Definitely not in the past 10 years. If not 18. I know I jumped from 10 to 18, but yes. So forgiveness isn't for you. It's I mean, it is for you. It's not for the other person, but it takes time. But what I want to say is I'm learning the difference between forgiveness and reconciliation and forgiving and not forgetting. Like, I can forgive you, but I best not forget. So um, I have an old friend of mine um, was really close really, really, really close to this person. And we abruptly, I'll say abruptly <laughs> for um, for all intents and purposes of this podcast, uh, <laughs> we stopped being friends abruptly. And I was devastated. Like when I mean devastated, oh my God, I was devastated but you know me I'm the bounce back queen so I got through it I prayed I changed up my life I went to therapy and it was cool now um through the grapevine I heard that this person um had really had some loss experienced some some great great loss um in the past couple of months and I know this person was hurting and for a second though I had forgiven this person even though I never told the person I forgave them I knew in my heart that I forgave them because that was the only way that I got to the place where I'm in now and I'm in this happy healthy relationship I had to forgive that person right so I'm like, wow, like I've forgiven this person and this person I know is going through a really difficult time. And though we have not been friends, I know that no one can encourage this person the way I can. And after so much time, that person probably would have really liked to hear from me. Right. But when you know better, you do better. And though I had forgiven this person, though I prayed for this person when I found out about their their recent losses, and even I, I prayed for them when they were blessed. But it's like, no, like, I forgive you, but I'm not going to forget why we abruptly stopped being friends. I have forgiven you for this situation, but I have not forgotten the situation. And 29-year-old Imani cannot risk her growth period for anybody and that would have risked my growth and possibly set me back no 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 so forgive people really release them with love and positivity but don't forget shit <laughs> I'm so random sometimes but yes so the seventh thing for millennial sanity is to mind your business. 
mind it. Mind your business. Even when people want you to mind their business, don't, 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 don't do it. Don't do it. So I had a situation with um, another friend. <laughs> um, it's funny because I only go through like major situations with friends like every seven years <laughs> eight really did not tell you the numbers of new beginnings but anyway so um in my younger years I really learned the value of minding your business and letting your friends lead the life that they want to lead and that there is a thin line between caring for someone and giving them advice lovingly because you don't want them to turn down the wrong path versus thinking that person's business is your business and that it's going to have some effect on you in some major way. And sometimes we make people's business our business and then it does affect us as if it was really ours to begin with. So mind your business, you know, people going to be mad. I um, stopped hanging out with a friend and her boyfriend because every time we go out, they would either argue or end up having sexual intercourse in the bathroom. And I got tired, tired, tired of it. So I've reminded myself that I don't have to do this anymore. The same friend would then complain to me about her boyfriend from the time that they were together for like, like they had been together like six months. And she just was saying how she just didn't um, want to be with him anymore. And it's like, okay, you know what? I've given you my advice more than once, more than twice, right? So I'm just going to mind my business and fall back. Like, it's not my life. It's not my life and my happiness and my livelihood. So your livelihood and your life will be a lot better if you mind your business. Don't make your friends' problems your problems. Point blank, period. People will stay in situations, be it with people, be it listening to their toxic ass parents, their dead in ass job, whatever it may be. People will always do what they want to do until they are sick and tired of being sick and tired. Hence how I came up with my eighth point the new beginning. And how I think that this eighth point will honestly probably help all seven points. And that's to get off your phone. Specifically, IG. Part of the reason why I felt like I wanted to drop a podcast because I haven't talked to y'all in a while. Because I've been off Instagram. And it's been quite lovely. I did have to log on today to get... Um, a phone number I thought I had, but yo, put your phone down, like delete the Instagram app, deactivate your account for a little bit and you will legit be surprised at how much more you get accomplished and can do. 
Last week was my first week not on Instagram. And the screen time report, so if you have an iPhone, I'm sure droids do it in some type of way too, you can put on to monitor your screen time, how much you are on each app, each website, how many times you pick up your phone. So last week was my first week without the Instagram app. And on Sunday, I got a notification that I used my phone four hours and 15 minutes less than the week before. Mm-hmm. And that I that I think equated to being on my phone fifteen percent less. Like really, and I was able to directly correlate that to me listening to an audio book in a week, almost. Like I told y'all that that Atomic Habit I book I only started it last week. So you will be surprised. You will be surprised. So yes, y'all. And my last bonus, which is kind of not necessarily my black Philadelphia black history fact, but visit phillyhistory.org, which is a pictorial website that can have um, that you can type in your address. You can do it um, for GPS, depending on like what's around you or you can type in a location or I think I said that or you can. um go through different neighborhoods and it has all different types of pictures of the city of Philadelphia. And it's important as we go forward as millennials that we understand that we are standing on the shoulders of our ancestors. I am obsessed with Philadelphia black history because it is like another hidden city. Okay. So I encourage you all to, um, when you're driving through the city at a red light or you're walking to go on this website, phillyhistory.org. And look at the old pictures that they have around. Um, Well, look at the old pictures of what is currently around you. You will be really, really, really um, surprised. I saw a street that's near my house that is still jacked up. And the pictures of it in the 1950s, it was jacked up before it was any houses. So it's just like a jacked up street. Um, they had pictures all the way dating back to the 1800s, the 1920s, the 1950s, 1960s, the 70s and 80s pictures are definitely kind of cool to look at. But yes, I just want y'all to be blessed and I want y'all to be better. Okay. I love y'all. Those that I know and those that I don't know, because the world needs more love. So be blessed and spread some positivity today. Ah.